Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcast. You can do about this to get better. Put the full force on, you know, take your time and, 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 and get right for the next thing. We know it's going to be a challenge next game. We know that we have enough time to get ready in our mind and our body. So prepare, you know, for battle. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. I just really trust and appreciate who these guys are as people. And I, I trust that they're going to figure out a way along with us what the answers are. And that we stick together. With WGN's Adam Hogue. Boom, and from The Athletic, Adam Johns. Boom, another penalty. Here they are, the Adams. You're everywhere, baby. Hogan Johns. <laughs> Ernie. Oh, he always comes with the good stuff. Welcome in, Hogan Johns. A bi-week special episode. I guess it's not really special. We're just doing it. We're not taking the bi-week off. Bi-week? What's that? I know. Off week. I am in the uh, WGN Radio studios. Johnsy's back home because he's actually smart and takes some time off during the bye week. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit here. We're, we're you'll hear me typing as I have ideas for, yeah. for stories here. So always working, my friend. Always. That's right. I uh, made the um, I don't know silly decision to do TV two days in a row. So my body hates me right now, John. Because <laughs> just when I got back on Chicago time, I had to wake up on London time this morning. Yes, yes. You should have just, just stayed in London. I should have. It like didn't occur to me until I was going to bed last night and was struggling to fall asleep. Uh, whatever. We are, we're grinding through and trying to figure out what's wrong with the Bears offense. And I don't know about you, but I'm still struggling to get answers. <laughs> Because they're struggling to find answers. I it's, know. I, I don't know what type of answers are they're going to have. But let's get into it. We, we got a, we, I got some thoughts. We All right. Thoughts. Well, follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears and The Athletic, The Athletic app. Uh, a lot of good coverage up there this week. And, um, yeah, trying to... Uh, Figure out what's going on with this, with this, uh, with this offense. That right now, man, the more you dig in, John's to the numbers, the more it looks depressing. I mean, across the board, I mean, you can look at it like yards per play, or you know, you can go dive into deeper things. But it all comes out to the Bears rank like in most categories somewhere between fourth or fifth to, to last in the entire NFL. And when you consider that there's four teams in the NFL that have zero victories? Yeah. What's the saying? You're only as good as the company you keep, and the Bears find themselves amongst the Redskins, amongst the Jets, amongst the Dolphins. These are the worst teams in the NFL by by any metric. I mean, wins and losses, obviously, but but statistically, just abysmal football teams, and that's where the Bears rank or find themselves... Uh, with ranked uh, offensively and a number in, in a lot of different categories. Yeah, um, there it's it's. I guess it's it's 
It, we're, we're, I went back and listened to our episode from Tuesday on the Athletic because um, I, you know, sometimes we get done with an episode and you're just like, man, that seemed extremely negative. But I went back and listened to it, and I'm like, it's all reality, though. You know, when you're talking about the offense, I, I'm willing to give the defense a pass for a week. I know it wasn't, um, it wasn't the greatest performance by the defense. I know that uh, some, in some ways we're making some excuses for them. But I'm going to go back to my thought in the middle of this football game on Sunday when we were in London. You just cannot expect the defense to be great. Not, not just great, but lights out the way they had been playing for 16 NFL games. There's too many teams, there's too many there's too many teams that have talent. I mean, even the Dolphins, believe it or not, have some talent on that <laughs> roster, okay? You lie, you lie, you're lying. Go ahead. Maybe it's just a maybe a little bit of That's talent. That's a flat out lie, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in the Raiders case, they have a good offensive line, like maybe one of the top three offensive lines in football. So, you know, in some ways it was the bad week to play the best offensive line, uh, one of the best offensive lines. And so that's why I'm willing to give the defense a pass for one week without Akeem Hicks, whatever. It comes down to somehow Matt Nagy, somehow these players on offense need to fix what they're doing. I mean, they've got to find a way to score more points. You cannot just get one drive per game. No. No, no. My favorite stat, uh, we were writing this story for the, the Athletic uh, right now, literally right now, um, just like your, your most defining stats. And, and this is, these are my two favorites. So here's a little, little tease. 28th, they ranked 28th in drives that reached the red zone with 12, 12. Mm-hmm. In today's offensive high-scoring era, to have 12 trips to the red zone in five games is pathetic. 31st in runs over 10 yards with four, four, four runs over 10 yards. I mean, like. That's disturbing. I mean, like, come on. Like, not even like a scramble or just, it, it, it's it's alarming. Um, I think there's a lot of things going on. I think it starts with Nagy to figuring out what actually works right now and sticking to it consistently sticking to it um yeah not good not good at all my friend so i think the the easiest way i mean schematically that's up to matt Nagy to figure out here and and i do wonder if i have a feeling and we can talk more about this next week but i have a feeling the bears are going to come out with a huge commitment of trying to run the football against the saints by the way, the Saints have a decent defense. We're going to talk about them a little bit more as we get to our picks for the week. Um, but those, I think the easiest way for us to look at this right now, Johnsy, is let, let's take a look at three players each uh, that must improve the rest of the way. Uh, to, the 11 games left, three players, crucial players, that must play better than they have so far this season. And I'll, I'll start it out, and, and I'm going to start with Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller is somebody that we all thought showed enough talent last year, enough speed to play in the NFL, and caught seven touchdowns. Led the team with seven touchdown receptions a year ago. So, you know, it was not controversial at all to say Anthony Miller could turn into a legitimate NFL wide receiver this year that you can depend on every single game. Right now, he has not been that. He has not been a wide receiver that you can depend on in every game. He has made a couple plays, and that catch against the Raiders, that jump ball, 
was a phenomenal play. But then he gets the penalty, also had the drop on third down, which is inexcusable, especially when you're tweeting about how open you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just you, this, this kid needs to focus because he has all the talent. He needs to figure out how to earn the trust from his quarterback, whichever quarterback it is. And he needs to make more plays the rest of the way because Ant, what, what uh, Allen Robinson is, is doing right now by himself with defenses knowing he's really the only legitimate receiving threat is very impressive. Yes, yes. And he needs help. I, I still go back to that tweet. You, you mentioned that tweet. You know, I, I'm looking for it right now. If you have it in front of you, Adam, let me know. Just like it, it just was, ex, it was finger pointing in, in a sense, right? Like I'm not to blame. I'm open. Mm. I'm doing my job. But then to hear, you know, Chase Daniel immediately say, "You look, you look back at the interception that ended the game. Not, not a good throw. Not a good decision." by Chase Daniel whatsoever, but to hear Daniel immediately after the game saying he cut it off kind of, kind of you know, before I, I thought he would, or uh, Matt Nagy a day later saying that he needed to extend that route, like a good old-fashioned corner flag route, right? Like, keep going, but he cut it off like a long out, and obviously he threw into what looked like triple coverage. It did not help out his quarterback. And I could get, like, so that play – that Anthony Miller made the the highlight reel catch down the right sideline uh, from Chase Daniel. To me, that's like, I want to see more of that. We need to see more of that. The the Bears playmakers need to make more of those plays. Anthony Miller specifically, when given a chance, needs to make more of those plays. Not every pass is going to be perfect. That was not a perfect pass, pass, but you know what? Chase Daniel gave him a chance to make a play, and he made a catch literally over the back, over the body, of the defensive back. You need to see more from that, from your second round pick. Yes, he needs more opportunities to do that, but part of that's that trust from his quarterback. He, they need to, he needs to be in, his, in the place where he needs to be. I think he may have deleted this tweet. Really? Because I'm looking back at uh, his timeline going all the way back to uh, the 27th, which was before the game against the Vikings, and it was definitely after that game, right? Yeah. Wow. And so, I don't see it there. Then it goes into London stuff. And by the way, his tweet after the game, I'm going to play with passion every game because this shit matters to me. Can't lose my head, though. So, you know, hope, I, I think maybe he got the message. And, and this is why we're doing the segment right now. Players that need to really, you know, take an introspective look here during the bye week and come back, um, you know, with a, I don't know if it's attitude. I don't know if it's a different focus. Whatever you want to say, Anthony Miller has talent. He needs to deliver the rest of the year. Who are you going with? Well, I'm going to go with the obvious one, very obvious one. It, it's the quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. We, we all know he has to be better. He's, he has to play with more confidence. He needs to find a rhythm. And I've said this before on this podcast. I think the guy's just got to get pissed. You know, it just I get that he wants to, you know, insulate himself from all this noise, you know, all this stuff. That's coming around him right now, but you know what? Like I was looking back at some stories I did uh, on him from the Sun Times and some of his coaches back in Menor, Ohio, when he was this hot shot quarterback there. You know, prize recruit, yada yada yada. They would fire him up by printing out clips um, that kind of, you know, threw a little uh, that, that were like wet blanket like articles on his success. Mm-hmm. You know, to help motivate him. And he would play with an edge. He would play angry. He would want the ball in big moments. And we've seen glimpses of this. But now, you know, coming off that Packers game and, 
he just needs to play with an edge. He needs to find that some way, somehow, whether it's going back home and, you know, reading those old clips or, or something. Um, he needs to rediscover what the Bears, in a sense, saw in him during that draft process, you know, where there was an edge. There was this chip on the shoulder. There is this great teammate and all that. But you need to find that edge again on the field. This sounds like cliche talk, but I, I feel like this is where we are with Trubisky. He's got the physical gifts, right? He could be understanding what he's seeing. Maybe he's just got to get through some of it faster, but get get mad. Play with an edge. Throw with the purpose. Even if you miss on some balls, try some things. Take some risks. Be the quarterback that the Bears thought you could be. Yeah, I, th- I think that you got a point. You know, maybe there's a little bit too much thinking. Um, just play. Yeah. Uh, and you're right just play because I, I and I think we've talked about this before I think that's why sometimes when he's just in a two minute drill or he's at the end of the game and he needs to go make a play he's looked his best now sometimes it leads to an interception sure but he just seems to be a little bit quicker with everything he's doing so uh, I'm really fascinated to see what Mitch looks like when he comes back and if this injury too has any effect on him because it might yeah yeah even though it's not his throwing shoulder dislocating anything in the upper body for a quarterback is going to be uncomfortable. It's going to make a big target for defenders. I mean, they're going to yank at that arm. You know they are. Um, it's it's a problem. But you know what? As we saw in London, I think, I don't know, I think the numbers are decreasing out there. I still think Trubisky is the Bears best, gives the Bears the best chance to win at quarterback. Oh, yeah, no question. There's no question about that, but you're right. He's definitely one of these guys that must play better than he did earlier in the season. Must play better, or the Bears' playoff hopes are going to be in jeopardy. All right, my second player is Adam Shaheen. The Bears need to get a production from the tight end. How many times have we talked about how important of a position, and I know it's been more about the U tight end uh, in Trey Burton's spot, how important that is in Matt Nagy's offense, and Trey is not, you know, you could easily put Trey Burton on on this list too. The reason I'm going with Shaheen instead is because I don't know that Burton's completely healthy. I don't know that we're going to see that from him. And Shaheen just needs to live up to that second round draft pick spot. And it's funny, I, I went with Anthony Miller, and now I'm going with Adam Shaheen. These are both former second round picks. That second round, you need to be contributing. You don't necessarily need to be an all pro. You don't need to even be a pro bowler. But you need to be contributing something right now. And 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 his blocking may be fine. It may not be. I don't care. He needs to... Be an option in the passing game. And right now, he is just not the dynamic receiving threat that they said he would be when they drafted him. Because that's what he did in college. And it was against D2 talent, and he was bigger than everyone else on the field. He's still bigger than most people on the field in the NFL. He's a massive target, and yet he's not getting the ball a lot, and he's not making big plays. And and so I, I put him up there as somebody who needs to contribute more the rest of the season. To places or, or, or two situations stand out for me when it comes to Shaheen. Third down, right? Be that big target for Trubisky over the middle. Someone reliable, someone there who just can take a, you know, a quick out and get five or six yards and pick up that first down and keep the moves chaining. Uh, moves, <laughs> the chains moving. Or moves just, chaining, too. Or moves chaining, yes. Move, move those chains. Uh, <laughs> stop. He needs to be more available. 
Uh, and I think sometimes that's just maybe Nagy's play calling. He, he's not the, the second or third read in a lot of these, but he's got to – he needs to show up more on third downs. And then it, it's the red zone, right? You mentioned the size, um, the, and he's got those soft hands that we've heard about you know, since day one when he was drafted. But when the Bears aren't in the red zone, and they're, they're again, they're only – They've been there 12 times over five games. Then he's not going to be a factor. So I think the the first point will help out the second point. But you're right. You need production from your second round pick. But they didn't, you know, you can't just draft a guy in the second round and only be a red zone threat. You know what I mean? He he should be more than that. And and I I agree that them not getting in the red zone isn't helping. But there's just not been enough of, of him yet. All right. Um... Back, my set. My, I guess well, I'm. Second. Yeah, I'm going with the second round picks. Apparently, you're going with the first round picks. Yes, yes, yes. Leonard Floyd. Where is that quantum leap we kept hearing about in, in, in the offseason? I, look, I, I feel like we've had this conversation several times, Adam. I, I think Leonard Floyd is just what he is right now. He, he, he shows up in, in flashes, he's very good against the run. I think he is a quality, strong starter. But I don't think he's ever going to be this 10-sack player. He has not had a sack since week one. And I just looked at that Raiders game. You saw them. You pointed out right away during the game. Look at all the attention Khalil Mack is getting. You knew John Gruden was going to take his old guy out of the game. Yeah, Leonard Floyd wins some one-on-one blocks, man. You know, just, just once or twice. Get after the quarterback. Pressure him. You don't have to sack him. Just make Derek Carr's life a little bit more miserable. Not enough for me. Um, I think a lot of this goes, a lot of my criticism goes just to bat, goes to what we heard from like Chuck Pagano and Ted Monacino, you know, before the year. Ryan Pace uh, included, like, they liked his offseason. They saw great things in his future. And then, you know what, Adam? Like, it's the same old story for Leonard Floyd. It, it, it really is. Yeah, and you know what the thing is, and this is kind of let's call this the no excuses episode of of Hogan Johns, because I thought Leonard Floyd got off to a good start earlier in the year, and I, I you know, he has gotten better, but so much of it, as we're seeing, is reliant on Khalil Mack, right? And, and now you got put in a position where John Gruden said. Our offensive linemen can block the... I don't care about your defensive line and how good it's been. Our offensive line can block you one-on-one. We're going to worry about doubling Khalil Mack, but we're going to leave one-on-one battles. Tripling. Tripling sometimes, And and we think our offensive linemen can block your stout defensive front that everybody loves so much one-on-one the rest of the way. And guess what? It worked. It worked. Leonard Floyd did not win enough one-on-one battles. And, you know, just only flashed here and there. So, you know, we're at the point where I think what you're saying is completely fair. Um I do think Floyd's gotten a, a little bit better. I think he is a legitimate NFL starter, but you were the number 9 overall pick. And if Khalil Mack wasn't here, honestly, I think the the criticism would be a lot higher on this kid than than it has been because his career took a, a step forward when Mack got here and if he had never gotten here, I don't he you know, he might be a borderline bust to be honest with you. Yeah, we we know we, we talk about like good quarterback play kind of making up for offensive efficiencies, and that's what we need a little bit more, what the Bears need a little bit more, or what we all want to see from Trubisky right now, right? But Cleo Mack is doing the exact same thing defensively, right? He, he's hiding some certain deficiencies, and now since you've got Akeem Hicks out, you got Bilal Nichols out, you got Roquan Smith dealing with whatever he's dealing with, 
there's some cracks showing up in that Bears defense right now. All right, I'm going to keep the theme going with these second-round picks. James Daniels. James Daniels, I don't, I don't know that he's been a major problem, but as you put it the other day, needs to improve. That's why he's on this list. They need him to take a jump forward at center because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know that the right guard situation is going to be fixed. I don't know that Kyle Long's going to you know, come back from the bye week and all of a sudden play like Kyle Long again. I don't know that if you take me up on my idea to give Rashad Coward a look, that he can play. I don't know. That's why I'm saying give him a look because they got to figure that out or not. But other guys who are already there on the line that we've seen play better football can play better football. So do it. That's James Daniels. That's Cody Whitehair taking himself to another level. That's Charles Leno Jr. And that's Bobby Massey. But I look at James Daniels, another second-round pick, who's still only 21 years old. But again, this is the no-excuses episode, John C. (laughs) Step it up. You need to step it up. Win. It's the same thing on the other side of the football. Win your one-on-one battles. You know, I go back to that first week, that short-yarded situation against the Packers when Kenny Clark just punked James Daniels. Remember that play? Yeah. It was a third and one or fourth and one, I forget. Whatever it was, just went right by him. Right by him with a swim move, stuffed the play. Wasn't it uh, they handed the ball off to Cordell Patterson? Yes, it was. And it just did not work. And everyone criticized the, oh, everyone knows that you're running the football, Cordell Patterson. Okay, if the center makes his block, it's a different play. Make your block. I'm going to stick on the offensive line for, for my third player. And it's, you mentioned him, Charles Leno Jr. See, like I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm giving James Daniels a free pass, but he is a 22-year-old, made his fifth career start at center. Like there should still be. I'm not again, no excuses. Episode he needs to be better. Just play better. But given that context, okay, like you got time to figure this out. Charles Leno Jr. has been the Bears' starting tackle since Phil Emery and Mark Trestman, right? <laughs> Yeah, he, he he's he's been here for a long time. I get that. Look, he he, he gave me this quote like a couple of years ago, and I still remember it. Like, you know, like everybody sees you when your house is burning or something. He said something along those lines, and I get it. Left tackles, when the mistakes are there, everybody sees them, right? You're going up up against some of the best players, most highly paid players in the league every single week. But you know what? His penalties are just inexcusable. He's the most penalized player, not only on the Bears, Adam, but the entire NFL. Wow. Enough. Offense and defense? Yes. Enough. Just figure it out. Figure it out. Uh, Play better. Look, some of those – Kevin Fishbane kept making this argument about the Bears' first possession against the Raiders. Like, if Charles Leno Jr. doesn't have that holding penalty – and the, the Bears, even just get an Eddie Pinheiro 35-yard field goal, whatever, the game could be a lot different than the 17-nothing yeah. route that was possibly on in the first half. Just could be a completely different game if he doesn't make that penalty. 
What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. All right. Um, the funny thing about this is there, there's other players, too, that you could talk about. And I'm sure some of our listeners are probably listening right now and saying, yeah, what about this? What about this guy? You know, and, and there's probably cases for a lot of different guys. Um, and you know what's funny is I've kind of been giving David Montgomery a pass for the most part. And I'm still sticking with that. But I did see that Olin Krutz was tweeting about how maybe there's a little bit too much dancing there. And he just needs to sometimes go straight ahead. Um, and that's a guy, you know, a former center possible Hall of Famer um, that, uh, you know, I'm going to trust his I'm going to trust his instinct there, too. So there's improvement across the board. Joe Romano's here, too. What's up, Joe? What's good, boys? How we doing? Are, is there anyone that you can think of that we're glaringly missing on this list? Uh, I would say that you two need to step it up. Wow. Like, oh, wow. hello, yeah. Joe. Man, I mean, a lot of complaining okay. from you guys over the weekend. <laughs> Man, I, I was here in Chicago, but you guys are in London just complaining. And... Yeah. Well, quit complaining about our complaining. Good point. That's a good point. Good. You turned it around. Good. That's that's the way yes. to step it up, Johnsy. <laughs> good counterpoint. What? Yeah. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna get into our picks here in a little bit. We also have voicemails to get you that that Joe put together. We did want to take some listener questions though uh in this bi-week edition of the hogan johns podcast the no excuses episode uh this came in from ryan voss at voss daddy on twitter what is the best outcome from monday night football the packers lose to the lions so the division stays close or the packers win so the lions are less of a wild card threat uh tie maybe yeah. a tie. <laughs> uh the, the division's Tough. It looks competitive right now. Like, like they, they got a really good. The, the NFC North has. I feel like they've won. I forget what the stat is, but uh, they've won like nearly all their games outside the division. And this division seems to be wanting to eat itself up again. I don't know what the best outcome is, but I don't want to be chased. I'd rather be chasing Matthew Stafford in the standings and and not. Aaron Rodgers, so the Lions win. Yeah, I agree. You got to keep the division as close as possible. Um, the Packers, man, I got to say that was an impressive win. That was I, we, I wasn't able to watch most of the game because we were working, uh, but it was on in that gorgeous media room we were working in in Tottenham Stadium, um, and it was just like, ooh, the Packers scored again. Oh, the Packers scored again. They do seem to have a problem scoring in the second half, though. They like to get out the leads and then they kind of they kind of slow it down. So. Um, I I, I, I got to say, it's we'll get to the pick here for this game here in a little bit when we do our picks, but I would definitely say take, you know it's better for the Bears, for the Packers to lose, especially a home game to the Lions, because that won't go over well, especially in Packer Nation. Um, this came in from at text Joe Hotdog. Is that like a, like a burner account for Joe Romano or something? No way, man. No, okay. I don't I don't do that. <laughs> Does uh this was in response to the Tyler Bray getting waived yesterday. Does that mean that Mitchell is ready to start, John Z? I, I would think it's a good indication because they I, I don't know why they did it like right now. There, I, I'm sure there's some some cost things going on as well, so maybe it's not a true indication of of Mitchell Trubisky's status, but you know, from from my understanding the the dislocated shoulder is something that's not too serious, serious because it's still your starting quarterback, second overall pick, you know, all that stuff, but it's not just throwing shoulder. Uh, They're going to be comfortable with him returning. Now, whether that's against the saints or who's after that, the chargers um, it's definitely in the near future, I guess, depending how near is up for, to, 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 for debate. 
Yeah. Um, I I don't know either. I mean, I feel like that that move when they made it had more to do with something with money. And um, you know they're they're bouncing back Bradley's soul back and forth for a reason. It, it kind of feels like they're skirting the practice squad rules because not necessarily the rules, but they found a loophole in that because Bradley Sal can't be on the practice squad, so you can keep him. You you elevate him during the week so he can practice, and then you're waving him for the weekend with the understanding he's not going to sign anywhere else, um, which is kind of working. You know this it kind of goes back to this whole thing about his weight. Part of the reason no one's going to sign him is because he's at tight end weight. Yeah. So so now you found a way where he doesn't need to be up on game day, so you bring somebody else up that you need on the roster, but yet you've earned an extra body during the week to practice. Um, so it's interesting what they're doing. Do you foresee a, uh, a grievance coming, you know, with telling him to get down and be, and be a tight end, you know, get his weight down and... Uh, is this costing him money? The, the way that they're, they're the loophole that they found. It's something worth lo- looking into. Um, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. It's not on the, the top list of my priorities. When yeah, and, and, We're trying to fix I'll, the offense here, Joe. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say this: <laughs> I, I, I've long thought there's like a nice handshake deal here between Nagy and and, and Sal. But come on, like. It's, we're not talking about some long like, – he was asked to switch positions because he wasn't going to make the team you know, right. as an offensive lineman. So, look. How about this for a conspiracy theory? What if they're bulking him back up? Maybe the tight end thing didn't work. Now they're bulking him back up by, by uh, you know, December. They got an extra offensive lineman. Oh, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing around. That was one of my favorite tweets, the Jack Skilly tweet. Thank you. Bringing Jack Skilly back into the uh, into the fold. Yes. Who remembers the Rockford Express? Let's go. Actually, uh, I that that reference happened at dinner on Saturday night, right, Johnsy? Yes, it did. I, yes, I, ra- it did. I ran it by my uh, tweet uh, approver, Adam Johns. I'm like, does this make sense if I make this reference? And he, uh, of course, I'm asking the Blackhawks guy. So of course he's like, yeah, yeah. The one the one guy that knows hockey over there. Yes, the, the the guy who covered the old Rockford Shuffle for Jack Skilly. Yes, yeah. he approved absolutely. Two thumbs up. Speaking of the Hawks, home opener tonight. Ooh. And uh, I did TV this morning. We were we were all over it. We had our guy Scott King on, who does the Blackhawks Crazy podcast here at WGN Radio, which you should be listening and checking out on all your podcast apps. Just search Blackhawks Crazy. He does a great job with Chris Bowden. And we were, uh, we were talking some in-depth hockey, Johns. Yeah? How in-depth did you get? I asked the questions, and he answered them. <laughs> <laughs> with his with his in depth, it, it was like our Monday morning uh, bear segments where Thomas Sulo asked me the questions. I just flipped it, and we, that's why we brought in our hockey expert, so I didn't have to do it. A little well forechecking, a little back checking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was a day when I was all over that stuff, and John's too. He's yes. probably, he's probably more on top of it now than I am. Yeah, barely. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Do I have another question here? I thought I did. I'm trying to find it. Um. Someone said someone compared yeah here it is does it does it feel like the bears are using a baseball roster this year with all the up and down like call, is that just is that just a reference to the Bradley Souls stuff? Maybe, maybe. I'm going to say, like, compared to how this used to be when the Bears didn't have a good team, they'd be shuffling that 53rd spot, 52nd spot, 51st spot, like every single week, but with yeah. new guys. Like, this is just the same guys getting churned in and off the practice squad. That's okay. When the Bears weren't good, they were, like, searching the waiver wire every single week for random dudes hoping one would stick. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, they did that on their trustman as well. Uh, Phil Army was taking his swings and having his misses as well. Yeah, it, it's been the same guys here since since uh, training camp. Even when he went to you know to your backup right guard to the backup of the right guard and Rashad Coward, like he's been here for uh, two years now. So like, yeah, I'm I'm not. I know what he's trying to get at. You got a lot of backups playing right now because the Bears are dealing with a lot of injuries, but. It's it's better than where they were a few years ago, where they were actually looking for better backups to just or, or something to, to fill out the roster. All right, um, uh, one just comment on Twitter, and then another question for one of our listeners. But Tommy Dobbs, who we hear from a lot on Twitter, uh, said rewatching Incognito and his dirty BS has me fully triggered. That is something I wanted to point out because I noticed it during the game. He was getting. Uh, Eddie Goldman, very frustrated. And when you go back and watch the tape, it's even worse. This guy was pulling BS the entire game. He is a dirty player, and he has a reputation that he fully lives up to. And, you know, they're hard on Vontez Perfect. Uh, I wonder if he'll get fined for, you know, was it um, Buster Screen's head? He he pushed into the ground for that penalty. Yeah, that was dirty. You should get fined for that. So, um... You know, I wonder if he will, but this is another guy up there with Vontez Perfect. That at what point do you just give him a season-long suspension? Suspension because it's just, and he was doing it the entire game. So I think it's a fair point that was brought up, and I just wanted to back it up. However, I also think it was effective because he had Eddie Goldman upset, and Eddie yes. Goldman did not have as great of a game as he has in past weeks. So um, it's worth pointing out. Then uh, at. Jeff Tobias22 on Twitter. Is Brad Childress still a consultant for the Bears? Uh, yes, he's on the coaching staff. And no one talks about Helfrich, but doesn't he deserve criticism too for the offensive issues? Yes, but I think it still starts with, with, with Nagy. I, I, I get that you know Helfrich was brought here because of his RPO expertise, and RPO is our big part of the Bears' offense, but... You know, Nagy's the one who, who designs these plays. He, he's the one who has the dry erase board from from ceiling to floor. Yeah, it's, everybody wants to point fingers, and I get that the entire offensive staff deserves some blame right now. But yeah, they're, they're, I, I don't see an easy answer. I I really don't. The players got to play better. Coaches got to coach better. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's get to our voicemails uh, from this weekend's game against the Raiders uh, in London. And uh, here they are, Joe Romano, put them together. Here's your voicemails against the Raiders. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. 312-222-5050. Go Bears! Hello, Gobbler. Cheerio and all that. 
Bob Debeski is calling in here from London Town Boys. And you know what? It's going to be a bloodbath here. I hope the Brits are ready for it. we got Khalil Max facing the all-team. He's getting himself a Sacred Southern sack. That's right, kids. 13 sacks for Khalil Max. The miracle man. Hey, Jackson's going to score a touchdown. I think I got a cup feeling about that one. And uh, basically, it's just going to be Bears 50 and Raiders negative 4. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're across the pond. So let's go. This is Mr. Anderson calling from Philly. Well, actually, I'm calling from Tottenham. This is unbelievable, baby. Bear down. Eric from Nanuet. Mark Schlereth just hates the Bears. That's it. I can't listen to him anymore. Bear down. Sean in Buckeye, Arizona. You know, Nagy really pisses me off with this, like, logistical nightmare. You don't fly over to effing London on Friday, moron. You fly over on Monday or Tuesday, like every other NFL team does, to get your team acclimated. Now they're out here looking sluggish. The defense looks tired. Like, they haven't slept. Hey, this is Andrew. What in the John Fox hell did I just watch? I mean, this was supposed to be a blowout, a revenge game. People that want to complain about Trubisky, I guarantee you'd rather have him out there right now than Chase Epping Daniels. I mean, are we talking about jet lag? Right, call it from Virginia, Norfolk. I just don't understand how Pace can pass up a guy like Shane Ray to keep a guy like Aaron Lynch who can't seem to make a tackle, who's only supposed to be good for sub plays, and he can't even do his job. Miss tackle, miss tackle. Failed to be a productive rusher. Pace needs to go look for some backup guys for Floyd and Matt because these backup guys is not cutting it. Pathetic. Just pathetic. Unacceptable. David McHale. Chase Daniels almost had me one over until, you know, the end of the game. Then you go to special teams like you're up that much and you're kicking. Let them just kick the ball. Hey, Hogan, John. Hey, Fishman, if you're listening, this is Dan out of New York. First, Hogan, glad you found your bag. That's the best thing to happen to anyone involving the Bears all weekend there in London. I just have one thing to say. I hope this puts to bed any conversation about Chase Daniel being the better option than Mitch Trubisky. Thanks, guys. Joe from Bartlett. I think it's time to move Cody Whitehair back to center and James Daniels back to left guard to shake up the offensive line. Bear down. Bill from Iowa. Well, at least for one game, Chucky got the best of the Bears. His number one draft pick instead of Khalil Mack. Looks like it was a great choice for this game. Optimistic Bear fan from northern Wisconsin. Just saying that it's just one game. There's a lot of the season left. I think this time last year we had a game like the Giants game or something similar. Uh, We dropped those too. We'll just keep on going and we'll see it at the end of the season. Bear down. Sarah from Newcastle, West Ireland. Well, this was a bit of a disappointment. The first half was a colossal waste of time. Mr. Nagy, give the ball to Mr. Montgomery. Kiss the Blarney Stone if you're with me. I'm going to go ahead and say that was a fake Irish accent. No, it sounded like a real brogue, though. Well, you would know more than me. I- I've heard a lot of brogues in my day. Sounded legitimate. Sounded legitimate. <sighs> Definitely. No. Oh, I don't think Foxy would know. I'd like to hear Foxy do an Irish accent. Uh, all right, we'll keep we'll keep it moving here. Thanks for the voicemails three one two 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 fifty fifty. We'll obviously take a week off with the bye week, but those will be back against the Saints next week. And thanks to Joe Romano who does those each and every week, pulling those for us. All right, uh, should we get to our picks for the week? Um, we'll kind of speed through these here, but uh, you know there are some interesting games that we get to enjoy during the Bears bye week. We'll start it up with 
the Lions and Packers that we talked about earlier. The Packers, a four-point underdog. So kind of working in reverse order here but because this is the Monday night game this week. 7-15 Monday on ESPN. A couple decent Monday night games, finally. Um, I mean, the 49ers-Browns game, I, I, I guess it wasn't that decent, but it sort of seemed like an interesting matchup at the time. Uh, this seems like a good matchup, though. Lions-Packers at Lambeau Field. Packers are a four-point favorite. What are you thinking here, Johns? <laughs> The Packers are a good team. Let's just be – I'm still torn on the Lions. I know they played Patrick Mahomes extremely well, and maybe Matt Patricia has something that could be used on Mahomes later. We saw Mahomes struggle against the Colts, too, in terms of putting the ball in the end zone. I don't know. How do you feel about the Lions? I still don't know if they're very good. Maybe they're just the Lions being the Lions. Give me the Packers to cover here on Monday night. I think I need to see more from them too. Um, you know, I well, partly because I just haven't out of all the teams in the NFC North, I've seen the least of the Lions so far. So um, here's the thing, though. I'm going to go back to this idea that the Packers have been kind of struggling to score late in games. This could be a backdoor cover situation. I think the Lions are good enough to keep this close, and so I'm going to say Packers win. Lions cover. Yeah, Johns and I were kind of in the same boat where we buried them early. We, uh, I, I don't think they are a very good team, but they they beat Philadelphia on the road and they kept it close against the Chiefs and probably should have beat them at home. Um, my gut says to take the covers to, to cover, but or to take the Packers to cover. But man, I don't know about uh, I don't know about this game. I, I'm I'm on the fence, but I'll, I guess I'll go Packers. We don't have turds on this team. All right, so two for the Packers, one for the Lions. Uh, the Eagles are in Minnesota. This is also an interesting game in the NFC North. I feel like we're going to learn a lot about these teams this weekend. Um, yeah. Noon Sunday on Fox. Uh, the Vikings bounce back. I, I, granted, they were playing the Giants, but they had some – it's like the Bears' defense really messed them up. All the wide receivers, Adam Thielen was unhappy. Stephon Diggs, all of a sudden, he's like, wants to get traded. There's all this stuff. And then they go out there in New York. They pummel the Giants. The Eagles have been a little bit up and down so far this year. What do you think is going to happen here? I saw this stat from ESPN Stats and Info. Actually, Dan Graziano shared it. I saw it this morning when I was at the dentist. <laughs> um, hey, I have to go to the dentist today. Yes. I, see, I do it in the morning. Well, yeah, you were on TV. But. Yeah. These are the things we take care of during NFL bye weeks. That, that is very true. <laughs> Get a load of this. The Vikings are 1-8-1 and since the start of 2018 against teams with winning records. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously the um, the Giants did not qualify, did not qualify uh, of that of last week. Look, I, I think the the Eagles are actually the superior team. I'm going to lock them up if you can't hear. Wow. Okay. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Give me the points, baby. Locking the Eagles. I am also going to take the Eagles um, because I just don't trust the Vikings yet. And I do like what the Eagles have done the last couple weeks. They went into Green Bay. They won in a big Thursday night spot. They come back. Now the Jets are garbage. So, you know. But at least they won big. They took care of business 31-6. Go to Minnesota. Minnesota playing well. But I I think this is going to be a really good football game. I'm I'm looking forward to watching this. I'm going to take the Eagles with the points. 
Yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, red zone defense against the Packers was great. Obviously, the defense last week against a bad Jets team was pretty good, too, for the Eagles. But I don't trust them against the playmakers that the Vikings have. I'm going to take the Vikings to cover three. All right, we're going back to London. Panthers, Bucks. The Bucks are technically the home team here. They are two and a half point underdog uh, against the Panthers. Now this is going to be at eleven thirty a.m. Sunday on NFL Network. So getting that exclusive early morning window. I like when they do this. Um, Even earlier than that. Yeah. No. Here's the thing. Why we didn't we just watch the Panthers and Bucks a couple weeks ago on Thursday Night Football? Why are they getting to what? Well, it, we did. We watched this game already. And now it's just a few weeks later, and they're in another exclusive window. Wow. I don't want to watch the Panthers and Bucks this many times in one season. It's the Christian McCaffrey show, man. Come on. Get on board. He's been good. He's been fantastic. MVP candidates. Give me the Panthers here. I think uh, even with Cam Newton still hurt, the Bucks, with the way they play defense, um, Another big day for Christian McCaffrey coming in. Yeah, so the Bucks beat the Panthers in Week Two, twenty to fourteen in Carolina, and the Panthers have now run off three straight wins without Cam Newton. And Christian McCaffrey's been amazing. I think with the revenge factor here too, um, I'm going to go with Carolina to win. By the way, I think the Bucks are going out today, so they're kind of like splitting hairs. They didn't go out the whole week. They're going out today on Wednesday, so right in the middle of the week. We'll see how that works out. Really interested to see James Bradbury versus Mike Evans. I think that's a a great matchup that you'll see all day long. Uh, a chance for Godwin to have a pretty good game for the Bucks. I feel like this is a pick 'em, so I'm I'm basically leaning towards the Bucks just because they're getting the points. I, I think it should be a pretty good game uh, Sunday morning. We use the word Oski. All right, moving on. Saints at Jaguars. Uh, doing the Saints here because they play the Bears next week. Uh, noon Sunday on CBS. The Jaguars. Surprised by this. Jaguars are one-point favorite at home over the Saints. Yeah, looks like the, the books aren't buying the Teddy Bridgewater uh, success. Played well last week. Yeah, yeah. No, yes. He's, he's, again, this is why you keep veterans on your bench. Give yourself a chance. Um, I know there's some buzz out there about maybe Bridgewater being the heir apparent still to Drew Brees. I, I still think Drew Brees has some good football left in him. But, look, I I don't know. I mean, he, again, the Buccaneers' defense is awful. And that's who the Saints beat last week. Eddie Teddy Bridgewater, what did he have? Uh, four touchdown passes, something like that. Great passer rating. Uh the Saints are the superior team. Again, I, I, I want to see more from Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a good quarterback. I don't know if he's as great as everybody's saying, though. But they're the better team, even with the, the Minshew mania and all that stuff going on in Jacksonville. Give me the Saints in this one. Yeah, I'm a little torn because I kind of just have this gut feeling the Jaguars are a little bit of a desperate spot at 2-3. and three. They're not a bad team. Um, they are at home. And I went, but I'm going to be smart here because I went against the Saints against the Seahawks without Drew Brees. I went against the Saints against the Cowboys without Drew Brees. Last week I was fine with the Saints beating Buccaneers, but that's different. But I'm still doubting the Saints team. And the thing is, they have a good defense. Defense looks good. So, and Teddy Bridgewater isn't bad. So I'm going to take the Saints here, uh, especially with them getting a point, which is surprising. I'm also on the Saints. I, I'm not buying the Gardner Minshew stuff. I think he, he, it's a fun thing to to watch. It's a f- fun to see him grow. They they said that he wasn't even he was borderline to make the team. So uh, it, it's good to see him really capture the nation's heart. But uh, 
the the Saints are too good. I like the Saints here. All right, and we'll keep it moving uh, real quick here. Uh, 49ers and at the Rams. This is 3.05 Sunday on Fox. The Rams are three-and-a-half-point favorite. How about this game all of a sudden? The 49ers 4-0, the Rams 3-2. and The 49ers go into L.A. and win this game. They've all of a sudden put the Rams behind. Uh, in this division, it's th- that would be huge. Are you buying? I kind of missed the Monday night game because I was still traveling home. But are you guys buying the 49ers right now? That's pretty impressive what they did to the Browns. It, it was very impressive. Um, I, I'm, I'm more selling the Rams though. Are they good? Well, they were one of the teams I picked to have a. Uh, I can't remember. I think I kept them out of the playoffs altogether. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a letdown coming as well. I mean, Jerry Goff's stats guys are not good. 83 passer rating, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. He has not been the same since facing Vic Fangio on Monday night. You, you talk about the, the Bears breaking the Vikings. What did Vic Fangio do to Jared Goff and Sean McVay's offense? Um, maybe they, they got time to figure it out, but something just seems off about the Rams right now. Um, give me the Jimmy G. The, the Again, I'm taking the road dog, but yes. – uh, um, well, the 49ers seem to have the right mojo going right now. I agree with you. I I agree with you. I I now this feels like a desperate spot um, for the Rams, where they just got to pull it out, and they did play well in Seattle. I mean, they should have won the game. They, the the kick goes in. Jared Goff put them in position to win the game, uh, and that wasn't an impressive performance. So. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm going to reverse this now. The more I think about it, I hate I when I do this. But lock it up. Lock up the reverse. Lock up the reverse. Well, I, I just, I they did. They played well in Seattle. They're coming home. They cannot afford to lose this game. Uh, I think the 49ers are obviously better than we thought. But going on the road here, I think the the Rams do take care of business. And I, since you said it, I'll lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I'm not sold on the 49ers. I think they have a great running game. It was great to see Tevin Coleman come back and be effective. Brita was on fire on Monday night, and obviously they have a great tight end in Kittle, but I need to see Jimmy G get to get the ball to the wide receivers a little bit more. I think that that would make them a more complete team. Their defensive line is super strong, but like you said, the Rams are coming back um, after a tough loss uh, at Seattle. I think that this is a game that you know you get the extra time to prepare uh, 49ers are on a short week. I'll take the Rams to cover. All right, let's keep it moving real quick. We got to do our college picks. All right, we'll start with the Red River. What do they call it? The showdown now? I always forget. Got to be politically correct. Number six, Oklahoma. Number 11, Texas. Oklahoma favored by 11 points at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. 11 a.m. Saturday on Fox. I'm going to take Oklahoma. The last time Texas was in his big spot against LSU, they didn't. I don't even. They didn't win. They didn't cover. Uh, I'm going to take Oklahoma. I just think they're too good. I concur. My Scottish friend at that Bears Bar meetup uh, in London really enjoys my college picks. Yes. So I'm going to give you the the analysis that you deserve. And I'm going to tell you to take Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, he's buying. He's buying the bet, which I like. I like it. Uh, yeah. Joe, Joe, who we actually trust in our college picks. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with the Sooners too. I think this is a uh, this is a Heisman game. This is the game where Jalen Hurts establishes himself as the number one guy and the guy to beat for the Heisman Trophy. I don't think he'll win it, but I think this is this is the the premier game uh, that he needs in order to put himself at the uh, top of that list. Wouldn't it be cr- incredible if they had three straight Heisman winners at quarterback? Yeah, with three different quarterbacks. I don't see him being the number one pick overall, but that yeah. would be pretty incredible. That would be crazy for that to happen. Uh, all right, we'll keep it moving. Michigan State is at number eight. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a 10.5-point home favorite. There's a chance I am at this game. Well, there's not been confirmed. There's a chance. 2.30 Saturday on Big Ten Network. 10.5 points against a team with a good defense. Where does uh, a question for you here, yeah. Mr. I'm getting ready to jump around. Um, where was Jonathan Taylor rank amongst the, right now, the, the best Wisconsin backs of all time for you. Uh, well, you can't put him ahead of Ron Dane yet. But the pace he's on, I don't know that he's going to come back next year. But he could theoretically. No, he's got to leave. He's yeah, leave. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. But if he did come back, he probably could end up as better than Ron Dane in his career. Which, if you have ever been around Wisconsin or the Wisconsin program, and you know how highly regarded um Ron Dane is around that program. That is certainly saying something. But right now, you know, I think he's up there with Melvin Gordon. And uh, and they've had a ton of good running backs there. But he is, he's got a chance to be second to Ron Dane. He really does, even by the end of this year. Another four touchdowns for him last week. Uh, been quite the ride. Now, Michigan State, I believe they were a 20 20- Point underdog last week at Ohio State. Shows you how good Ohio State is. They won 34-10. So they did cover that. Wisconsin, uh, man, 10 and a half. I'm, I'm going to say that they do cover this, but just kind of barely. I just don't know that there's enough separation. Like, look, Ohio State's better than Wisconsin. That I mean, but I am going to take Wisconsin here to cover. I agree. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so the the producer for game day, uh, Chris the Bear Felica, has this great stat on Twitter. Excluding the 2016 3-9 outlier for Michigan State, last 11 games following a double-digit loss, 10, 10 wins and a field goal loss at Nebraska. That's for the Spartans. The Spartans typically do not get blown out uh, two weeks in a row. So yeah. th- it's an interesting stat. I think that you know it's basically going to be irrelevant this weekend. They're not any good. They're, their running backs are transferring the Spartans, that is. Uh, Wisconsin's going to blow them out at 2.30 on Saturday. You can lock it up. Blow out. Lock it. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Wow. All right. We'll keep you it know, up. I think Adams had a good season. All right. We're going to keep it in the Big Ten for the finale at nighttime, 6.30 Saturday on ABC. Penn State at Iowa. Penn State now up to number 10 in the rankings, number 17 for Iowa after they uh, lost to Michigan last week. Nice little win for you. Joe, not for me, you. Yep. <laughs> I was waiting for you, buddy. Come on. Iowa's a three and a half point underdog at home to Penn State. Uh, um, Penn State. <laughs> My God. The effort level is below zero. Below zero. I'm going to take Iowa. Bounce back game at home. There's been some good games in this series really between have. these two teams. I think it comes down to the end, especially nighttime. You know my rule here, guys. Mm-hmm. Nighttime home dog. This is easy. Iowa. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. 
Wait, did you lock up two games? Yeah, why not? Let's let's get crazy. Let's get okay. let's get nuts. Um, was Iowa looking past the Wolverines last week at this game? Maybe. Is this a bigger game on their schedule? <laughs> uh, tough, tough place to play. I think, you know, at Penn State, at Iowa, those are two of the toughest places to play in America. Totally underrated atmosphere. And like you said, man, night game in Iowa City, that could be really tough for Penn State. But I think this is just a mismatch of athletes. Penn State probably watched the film. Going to get after that offensive line a little bit. Um, I think Penn State covers the, the three and a half over in Iowa City. All right. So two of you on Penn State. I'm taking Iowa. Good luck with that. Good luck with going against the home dog at night. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. Good luck. All right. We should get out of here. Good stuff. Bye week episode. Hopefully we came up with enough things the Bears need to fix. I mean... We can't fix them. We can just say what needs to be fixed. But it'll be an interesting week over there at House Hall. Where they reconvene Monday? Yes, it looks like according to well, social media tells you everything nowadays. A lot of guys have taken off. Yeah, you know, gone places, gone back home. Some guys. Um, so they are getting away, getting a break. Well, they need that. I, I know there's this like argument that you should be practicing after a loss. Coming back from London, I think changes things. You got to rest up. Yeah. Um, and, and, and look, everybody, they're still three and two. Yeah. Still three and two. The sky has not completely fallen yet. But a big two-week swing here at home. You, you you beat the Saints, you beat the Chargers, and you're feeling much better about yourself. You lose those games, home games. You know, God forbid you're on a three-game losing streak with three losses at home. All, all you know, it's it's a crucial two-week stretch here for the Bears. They got to take care of business. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H O G E, at Adam Johns, J A H N S. And read us, WGMRadio.com, The Athletic. Please rate and review the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. We will talk to you early next week. Obviously, no episode on Sunday with no game. See ya. Do your research. <laughs>